Hey guys, it's Meg Scanlon. This is the Meg Scanlon Podcast. I am coming to you again with another episode that won't be too long, but we'll actually have two other parts of it. We'll go into a little bit more depth, if you will. This is just going to talk about a little bit of my history in, in strength and conditioning and the fitness world and kind of how my business started and grew and, and became what it is today and some of my beliefs on strength in general and fitness in general. So a long time ago, I started in the fitness world by becoming a trainer in college. So I went to college for sports medicine. I thought I wanted to be a physical therapist and I started working as a trainer at the fitness center. When I graduated college, I had many jobs and some of them included, we're going to give you a rundown here. I worked at a big box gym. I did an internship at a strength and conditioning place. I worked at a one-on-one personal training studio. I worked at a one-on-one personal training studio where I started an athlete conditioning program. I ran a strength and conditioning program for soccer high school athletes over the summer. I worked as an aide in a physical therapy office. I ran an outdoor boot camp, or I worked for an outdoor boot camp um, as well. And, oh, I taught high school. (laughs) Fun fact for you guys, that has nothing to do with strength and conditioning, but I taught high school science. I taught biology, anatomy, and physiology for a couple years, and I also coached soccer. I coached, I helped, I was assistant coach for a college soccer team for one year, assistant coach for the boys varsity (laughs) soccer team at the school I taught at. That was interesting. And I also helped coach at the high school I went to for their, their girls soccer team as well. So that was a little rundown of probably my five years post college of what I was doing. So, oh, and I also ran strength, strength and conditioning programs for the high school, a high school hockey team, girls hockey team, and also lacrosse team. And I wrote strength and conditioning, the programming for a college baseball team. So, anywho, a little background into what I was doing post-college. So around then, I decided that I wanted to do my own thing, and how I started doing my own thing was through in person, because that's what I knew. And this was probably five or six years ago at this point, probably five years ago. I started doing in-person things. And it started with one person, and um, she was a curler. I mean, very elite curler, um, that she came to me for strength and conditioning to get better at curling. Okay. She thought she needed to work on both her strength and her fitness. And I mean, she went to her team, her curling team came in second in the trials. I mean, this was years ago. I still follow her curling around the world, but uh, her her team came in second at the Olympic trials this year, um, for women's curling. So very high level curler, but that's how my business started with one person, which is kind of cool when you look back at it that way. And my business name at that point in time, when I didn't have one, and then I started to create one as I got more clients, I called it Foster Fitness for a couple of reasons. It was a cute play on words. I know, right? Um, but also I grew up on a street called Foster, East Foster. And to be honest, it just worked, right? Like I was looking for a website name. It wasn't taken for some weird reason, and it just worked. So it was Foster Fitness. And the motto of Foster Fitness is, or the 
mission statement in foster fitness is actually the mission statement I still have still use because it is something that at the core I believe in a hundred percent and is something that will never change no matter what else change. If I'm helping people, this will never change. And that's building strength. It's simple. Okay. So building strength is a mission statement. I want it to, I wanted at the time to show people how strong they could be no matter what else, no matter what the goal was, if it was just to be healthier and live better, if it was to get strong as an athlete, if it was to get strong as a runner. At this time, I was not a powerlifter yet. I was having everyone do powerlifting movements, but I hadn't found powerlifting competitions. So anyways, that was a mission statement. And to this day, that, that, that has not changed. How I started was training people in person, 100% in person. I did one-on-ones and I did small group classes. Now, when I say small group classes, I say that with a grain of salt because I don't want you to think of a small group class like you're going to the gym and you're going to see kickboxing or, I don't know, spin or whatever, um, or people using really small dumbbells. There's nothing wrong with that. If that works for you, great, do it. It's better to move than not to move. However, I do not think it is the most effective way to get yourself healthy and shape and strong. It's just not. Um, <laughs> and I'm sorry if I'm offending you, but it's just not. And so... I had to go with what I had experienced. What I did was from all of my experiences from the years before, I took what I felt worked best from each experience and kind of combined it together into this system that I created. And in this system, there were different classes. And I used to, again, we started small here, so have a couple classes each day and they would vary on the class each day. As I grew, I had a couple of different types of classes each day. Um, and there were you know, several classes every day. But when I started and when I ended, the classes never changed. Like I had a lift class. Okay. That was called lift. All right. Like you're lifting weights. And I mean, people were literally lifting weights. We were using barbells or using dumbbells and I would not let anyone unless they needed it, touch a, a little dumbbell. You had to touch a dumbbell that was hard for you. That was going to make you strong. Um, I had a class called sweat, which is exactly what it sounded like. It was a cardio based class an aerobic based class. You were going to be sweaty. Um, we did not use weights in this. We might use, you know, things like a jump rope, a battle rope, a slam ball, a sled, but we're not using traditional weights. I had a class that was called 50, 50, which is exactly what it sounds like. Half of it was lifting. Half of it was conditioning. And then I had a class called Fast and Furious, which everyone learned to love and hate at the same time. And that was more of your Metcon-based class of moving weights faster, of getting your heart rate up um, that way. So those were the four classes from the beginning to the end of when most of my training or, you know, 100% of my training was in person. Um, it then kind of switched to go 50-50, 50% in person with one-on-ones and small group and then online, whereas now, obviously, I've moved out of the area and 95% of my training is done online. For my general training, which is, you know, now called Fit For You, it's like you're building strength for your life, basically. You want to be badass in life. That still follows the same exact framework I use as when I was training in person. I have lifts. I have sweats and fast and furious type classes. Um, which I just called leans now to make it easy. And then I also have different types of, I call them runs, but you can do them on anything, right? You can do them when literally any type of cardio equipment. And it just tells you the intervals or the tempos that you're going to work at for the day. So 
I also have two other programs, which I want to talk about a little bit and touch on a little bit, but I'm going to do two different podcasts on and go into more detail about how I program and how I work with runners and powerlifters. So again, my business has transitioned over time, but my goal of building strength for people and allowing people to realize how badass they can feel by building that strength and how capable they are, that hasn't changed. My motto, my mission statement hasn't changed. Simple building strength. My business name has changed. It's now just called Nice Skin Lift and that was more just to make it easier. <laughs> Keep everything the same name and make it easier. Um, so I have created what I think is the best way to get strong, whether that's for life. Now, if you're training for life, again, it's the Fit For You program and it's more of a balanced program with lifting and aerobic um, and by, again, by aerobic, I don't mean like, you know, planned aerobic um, workouts and conditioning workouts. So it's more of a balanced program. Then my other two programs are more specific. You have a specific goal if you're a runner and you're training for a race, or if you're a powerlifter and you're training for a meet. Those are super specific goals that you need to do specific things for. And I have two different programs, strength for runners and strength for powerlifters. Now, if you're doing strength for runners, the program, it's a little bit different if you do it in season and off season, if you will. So if you're in your race window of training, you're going to be doing a, a program that is specific and tailored towards you. And that's not really optional because I think that's important. And I think it's important to have more feedback from the runner and adjust as they go and also work on their weaknesses. Because when, they're, when you're in, if you're training for a race and you're in your training window for your race, you need to try to one, keep yourself healthy. That's the number one goal is to stay healthy throughout your, your training period. Second, you want to try to maintain any strength that you gained in your quote unquote off season. You need to try to maintain that strength and keep your power up. Third, you're trying to obviously get faster, right? You're trying to train for this race and you're trying to get faster. So you need to stay healthy. You need to try to maintain that strength that you build in your off season. And the third is obviously to get faster and crush your race simple. So those are the three goals that we work on. And, um, for runners, you're lifting weights, right? So that is not your main goal, but you're lifting weights to make you stronger, to make you more powerful for runners. I typically have them when they're in their off season training, they'll be lifting depending on obviously time allowances and things like that. But at least three times a week, um, they'll have a lift and if they can four times a week, um, when they're in season, a little bit different. We're really just trying to maintain strength and it's going to depend on their mileage and change as their mileage fluctuates. But generally speaking, there are two lifts each week, um, working, definitely having a highlight on their weaknesses first, um, but total body lifts. And I'll also add in a couple of days where I have them do core work and single leg things to work on, um, balance and, um, you know, hips, glutes, things like that, as those tend to break down a lot in runners. Now, for powerlifters, it, it is a little bit different because your, your sport is strength. 
I think one of the biggest things or biggest mistakes you could say that people make when they jump into the sport of powerlifting is that they don't spend enough time building general strength and quality movements before they start trying to push heavier weights. I came from a background where before I started competing in powerlifting, I was still doing the movements, but I was also doing a lot of um, bodybuilding style training. I didn't call it that, but if you want to, you know, call it what it is, call it spade a spade. So what you would say I was doing was power building, because that's the that's the term we would use now. Um, but I spent a lot of time, like I I lifted in college for soccer, but I was still lifting. Um, and after I graduated, that five year window, I was pretty much doing hypertrophy, some strength work. I was never really maxing out, um, and I I was getting strong. I was my movement qualities were getting better. When I started powerlifting, I ran a, a program for probably three, four, four or five months before I did my first meet. Um, and again, that first year, I, I competed in a meet that was not USAPL. I wasn't super sure I was going to stick with powerlifting yet. Like I wasn't totally committed to it. But the next year, so I competed in that meet, and then there was a year before I did my first USAPL meet. And I really decided that powerlifting was for me. My, I worked and experimented with myself so much to figure out what was going to work the best for me, what type of training was going to work the best for me, um, and also like the style of how I was going to squat. Um, I would commit to something for a full training cycle. And if you like scroll all the way back on my Instagram, like you can see the differences of, you know, squat mechanics and things like that. Um, because I, I mean, I would watch a ton of video. I would read a ton to try to figure out like, okay, I'm now piloting, so I need to change everything. Ironically, I kind of went back to what I was doing before because that worked best for me. Um, but I think that long story short, I'm, I'm a little sidetracked, but long story short is if you are getting into powerlifting, just understand that you need to spend time building actual muscle mass and that's okay. It doesn't mean you can't compete in a meet relatively soon, but it does mean you need to be okay with not lifting heavy all the time right away, right? You need to build a muscle mass before we can start making that muscle mass stronger. So I think that a lot of people jump into heavy weights a little bit too soon, especially when their movement quality isn't the because if you can make that movement quality at the beginning strong and solid, it's going to make it so much smoother as you get stronger and as you add weight to the bar. So for powerlifters, um, we would start with a hypertrophy block. That And by block, hopefully people are giving themselves a couple months here. Ideally, I like to have people that are newer be in a hypertrophy block for a little bit longer before their first meet um, than like a month, six weeks, you know? Um, and I also like to give them plenty of different accessory works just to build muscle in general, like general muscle growth. And that's so we're getting muscle growth systemically um, and not just squatting, benching, and deadlifting. I think it's important for for muscle growth in general, as well as movement quality to do different motions. For most people, when they come to powerlifting, if they are an adult, they're coming from either a sedentary lifestyle. And if they are, they're likely going to be tight. Their movement qualities aren't going to be great. They might be sitting at a desk all day. Like these are things that you have to take into consideration. Um, if you're not, if you're coming from an athletic background, it's going to be a little bit smoother of a transition in terms of movement qualities because your body is probably kind of primed and ready to go. Um, so that's just kind of like an outline of 
the different programs I have, at least for if you were a starting runner, starting powerlifter, like how you would start in the program and then kind of progress through it. I'm going to do a podcast where I talk about a little bit more specifics of how I suggest training for what I've found to work well for strength for runners and strength for powerlifters. If you have questions, if you're listening to this and you're like, ooh, I want her to answer this on that podcast, please feel free to shoot me a message and or email me because I will definitely be sure to address them in that podcast. I'm going to say one more thing that has nothing to do with any of my programs, but just something I want to put out there because I've been thinking about it for a long time. One of the things that I've mentioned a few times now is strength for runners and strength for powerlifters. One of the biggest differences here is what their competition is. Runners, they're looking to get faster. Their competition is a race. Powerlifters, they're looking to get stronger. Their competition is in strength. Their competition is in squatting, benching, and deadlifting. Right? I will not have a runner or an athlete, for that matter, put themselves at a risk that is too great for the benefit when that is not their sport. I see a many, 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 many times now where strength coaches or even trainers for that matter, I see things on, on the social media circuit where I feel like what's like, is the benefit outweighing the risk of what you're doing in your practice? And if, if it's not, that's something you really need to think about it. It might look really cool. That person might feel great about it, but think long-term rather than short-term. There are ways to challenge athletes that do not put them at a risk that is going to get them mentally stronger and physically stronger without putting them at a risk too great for the benefit they will receive from what you're doing. So just a little bit of food for thought for strength coaches, trainers to kind of think about what am I doing? Does it make sense? Should I change it? Are there other ways I can challenge my athletes to get them stronger? both mentally and physically, that do not put such a great risk on them um, physically for injury. Okay, so just a couple things to think about. Like there's no reason if you're, you do not have an athlete um, that is training for a sport that is a strength sport for them to have like form breakdowns, to be honest. Like, yes, everyone has a form breakdown as you get heavier, but if that's not your sport, why? Let's change the exercise. There's, there's other options that there's different avenues we can go through. So anyways, long story short, that's a little bit about that. I will be back with two other podcasts with specifics into my programming for strength for runners and strength for powerlifters. And if you have any questions, please let me know. You can find me on Instagram at MegScanLift and on the interwebs, www.megscanlift.com. On my website, my email is up there as well as I have a little blog. Um, and my coaching options. If you have any questions, feel free to email me, DM me. But until next time, work hard, get strong, boom.